Hey, this is Taylor with a quick note. You probably know that pirates are awesome, and even though you'll quickly discover this is a work of fiction, I am heavily indebted to the real-life stories of pirates, such as Jack Rackham and Anne Bonny. Definitely go check them out if you've got a bit of cabin fever after listening. Now, on to the show. The dog is dead. No, I'm not, you say, as you stand at the edge of the plank, having walked almost all the way, but not quite. On with it, the pirate crew yells from behind. It's your crew, for you are the red dog, arguably the most fearsome captain this side of the compass rose on the map. But now, one of the single worst tragedies of all pirate life is happening to you on this very dark, moonless night, on your very ship. Mutiny. You cringe as one of the pirates you drudged up some weeks ago pokes you in the back with his cutlass. Ye about to bay the dead. What's the difference us calling yous a dead man now? He fits the words together like a single piece puzzle that's also missing a piece. You think he'd be the one with a bit more sympathy considering the salt-encrusted state you found him in, but he's caught up in the communal rush of a good plank walking. A curse on this ship! And the lot of you miserable rogues, you say. And you turn around to give a final glance at this mutinous gang of scallywags when... One of them shoots you in the back. As you plunge into the bubbling, choppy water, you hear a murmur through the sea foam. Ah, way to go, Phineas. Now we'll definitely be cursed for sending him to his unholy death in a watery grave. (gasps) He wasn't even looking. You drift in the inky waves, hands and feet bound with rope, rolling with the tides in the barren waters. You cough and sputter. This is no way for a perfectly dastardly captain to go. They were jealous, the lawless, ungrateful bunch. You hear the ship move away, distant, and are left alone. You float face down for a while, but keep your eyes closed because the salt stings more than the gaping hole in your back, but a bit less than your pride. This is taking an awfully long time to perish, you think. You try and flip yourself over, considering maybe it would be worth it to give breathing a go again. You lurch and spin back around to where you started, like a skewered pig, now regretting the weight of the fancy belt buckle you plundered, claiming captain's first rights. Pirating has always been a free-for-all, and the crew did not like that made-up rule on the spot. These are the hard decisions a true captain has to make. You feel something, like a bright light, hit your face. And so you open your eyes and no longer float upside down in the water, but lay right side up in the sand. You lift your hands to sit up, and they are unbound, though much more translucent than you recall. Soft shanty music plays somewhere in the early morning sun. Welcome to Mutiny Island, a voice says to your left. It's a parrot, also translucent and skeletal. It continues. You're a ghost now. I'm dead, you say. And this is where you stay forever, says the sassy parrot. Go get a drink or something. He lifts up a floppy wing to point to a tavern on the shore, then lifts a middle feather at you and flies away. Rage boils in your blood. That horrible crew is going to be cursed forever. If it's the last thing I do, you shout to the empty beach. You must get off this crummy island or die trying. Or whatever. You trudge through the sand to the ramshackle afterlife saloon to do what pirate captains do best, find other people to do things for them on a boat.
You burst into the tavern, announcing your entrance as the Red Dog, recently deceased, looking for a ghostly band of rapscallions to go on a haunting. The sorry lot of half-drunk and decrepit souls barely lifts an eyebrow. Yeah, yeah, one particularly portly fellow says. Don't we all? You recognize him immediately. It's the Blue Baron, the Terror of Barbados. It suddenly strikes you how dependent on colors pirate folk are for identification, and hope no one else here has already conscripted your red hue. The Baron tells you through sips of a ghastly grog that nobody's been on a good haunting since forever, on account of needing a crew. That's insane, you say. Look at all these salty knaves floating about. And he says, look again, for the only damnable folks that get mutinied upon, and thusly goes to Mutiny Island in death, are captains. You scan the crowd and see he is indeed correct. There's Yellowbeard, the pale fellow with a huge yellow beard, lazily tossing darts with the purple privateer. You flinch at the sight of the woman tinkering on the piano, but sigh relief at the darker shade to her coat, and surmise it must be the maroon marauder of Malta. And to her left, entering the tavern now, is Phineas, your old dim-witted cabin boy, bundled in seaweed and soaking wet. Phineas, what the kraken are you doing here? Don't tell me you were appointed captain and they gave you an unholy death and sent you to a watery grave. No, says Phineas quickly, wrapping the seaweed around himself into a more fashionable waistcoat. He says the crew bickered for quite a bit about where to sail next, and then they blamed him for an impending curse and skewered him with a cutlass, and then they gave him an unholy death and sent him to a watery grave. Phew, you say. We can't do with any more captains in here. Come on, Phineas, chaps, lady, and sassy parrot. I'm sure we can work something out on the way. My name is Polly, you dolt, says the sassy parrot. The Blue Baron concedes to show you to the ghost galleon at the docks, although they've tried to do this song and dance before. Your recently deceased energy is contagious, however, and so the rest of the captains and Phineas march out with you to the docks. The ship is absolutely hideous. Covered in ghost barnacles, ghost moss, and far too much decorative woodwork, it makes you shudder in disgust. All up on deck, you shout, and point at Phineas to lower the gangplank. You hear Yellowbeard mutter under his breath. He says he's not taking orders, Polly the parrot chides, flying in from somewhere sassy. You realize where the trouble comes from now. The maroon marauder hoists herself up and grabs for the ship's wheel, and the purple privateer yanks at it as well. Listen here, it was my idea to go haunting in the first place, you command. Phineas hops on the ship. He suggests maybe there should be no fighting on the deck. No fighting, you say. How absurd. Then we wouldn't be pirates. Phineas suggests maybe there could be a co-captain or a first mate, like on the military warships. Nonsense, you spew. Military rules on a pirate ship? You give Phineas a whack on the skull. He takes it in stride and you realize he's impervious to any whacking. You poke him with your ghostly cutlass. Not a scratch. Fisticuffs will do no good here. It reminds you of something, and so you propose the only true way to resolve an issue, the way your father taught you long ago. A round-robin tournament of cannon, coattail, cutlass. Cannon shoots cutlass, coattail covers cannon, and cutlass cuts coattail. It takes a while to set up the bracket structure for the tournament, but by nightfall the winner is declared, and much to your dismay, Phineas is the captain of this vessel. You'd like to proclaim the whole thing a bloody sham, because you came in last place and are delegated to cabin boy, but you also came up with the idea. What a disgrace 
to haunt your old crew in such a lowly state. But a perfectly piratey idea hits you yet again. You're on a roll. The moon glints off the gloomy ship, and aye aye, you say to Phineas, and off you all go, setting sail into the fog. You won't be cabin boy for long, because little does Phineas know there's about to be a new, single worst tragedy aboard a pirate ship. A ghost mutiny. Courtesy of you. After a bit of foul weather, and getting turned around by all the inlets, your ship hovers out into the open ocean. Phineas stands before you all and proposes to lay down some rules for his ship. Bollocks, you say, because you heard that was a terribly bad word on the mainland and are trying to throw doubt toward his command. The other captains have had a change of wind in their sails and seem eager to hear him, though. He's got that kind of a face. Sowing the seeds of mutiny might be harder than expected. Phineas even goes so far to make you all sign to these rules on parchment, but you cross your fingers behind you when you do, so it doesn't count. He puts his big rule about no fighting with each other, settling things with cannon coattails cutlass, without even crediting you for the idea, an equal share of haunting for everyone, and a bunch of other ninny rules. This certainly won't last. What's a pirate captain without a lawless crew of ne'er-do-wells? Well, this is going to be pretty boring, you say. But the Blue Baron says he kind of likes the idea of equal shares of haunting. No, it'll never work, you say. Phineas had better watch out for a mutiny or something pretty soon. No, I think he's doing a good job, says the Maroon Marauder. The crew goes back to playing cards on the deck and waiting for a ship to haunt, and you skulk around, whispering, Mutiny! into the darkness, in hopes the subliminal messaging will burrow into their dense skulls. At last, a wayward vessel appears on the horizon. That's our old ship, says Phineas. What luck? Are we all ready to haunt? Everyone goes to their station, the purple privateer on cannons, Yellowbeard ready at the ropes to swing aboard spookily, and you, the lowly cabin boy in the middle with nothing to do. Could you grab our swords from the holder there? asks Phineas. It's just easier to have the deck clean if we keep them over by the cannonballs. Mutiny! You shout. I declare a mutiny! You've had enough of this. You announce that it's a mutiny, and Phineas has to walk the plank. The crew looks at you like you have lobsters crawling out of your ears. Why? says Phineas. Who else wants a mutiny? Everyone! you yell. You're a terrible captain! No fighting this, and cutlasses in the corner that, and no grog after sunset. It's crazy! Being a pirate is about freedom and fear and lawless abandon. He looks at you. No, it's not. Trust me. How would you know, you dim-witted old cabin boy? He thinks. I learned from the best. How do you think I got on Mutiny Island? He says. He squishes the crusty seaweed on him to the side and shows a cutlass-sized hole in his chest. It's my fault you're here, he admits. I started the mutiny against you long ago. Ah, way to go, I became the captain of the ship, and I was captain for years ruling in freedom and fear and lawless abandon, for I got the same fate as you. It stunk, honestly. But you floated into that undead saloon moments after I did. Did I? Oh, right, 
says the maroon marauder. When you're a ghost for the rest of eternity, time goes by really fast. We always forget to tell the new guys. You now notice the crow's feet at the corners of Phineas's eyes and confirm this. Now I'd like to do it differently, dog, Phineas says. Just because you say you're a captain doesn't mean you're a captain. I once thought I'd die for you, and then I died for myself. And now, we're all just dead. It's time to live. Or, you know, whatever we're doing. You fill with rage and slash at Phineas with your cutlass, but not a scratch. You slash and whack and kick and scream, but there's no more mutinies, not ever. He stands there, a little fuzzy, but still as ghostly and translucent. You stare at the fellow captains and the tired looks on their ghoulish faces. They've seen all this before. Your old ship approaches in the fog, and you hear your old crew now, no doubt celebrating a newer, even more lawless captain. You look back at Phineas, wrapped in seaweed, the hole forever in his chest, damned for all eternity right alongside you and yours. He smiles in spite of your tantrum. <laughs> and bollocks, he's just got that kind of a face. What about a scheduled mutiny, you offer? Your first compromise. Let's say we switch captain duties every third haunting, hmm? We can still have a good plank walking and everything. He nods with a grin and says he's sorry for shooting you in the back and you thank him for apologizing, and he thanks you for thanking him, and it gets a bit too sentimental and confusing. But luckily, you're right within spooking distance of your old boat. Well, let's teach these blokes a lesson, you shout. After all, they did murder us in an unholy death and send us to a watery grave. The wind picks up as you howl wildly with the rest of the captain crew, and the living pirates cower in terror at the sight of your floating undead ghost ship. Actually, I can't keep this to myself any longer, you say, totally interrupting the creepy tension. How does a parrot become a captain and get mutinied? Oh, says Yellowbeard. Yeah, we just stopped asking. He's a tad sensitive about what happened. You're wasting moonlight, you morons, says Polly, flying in from somewhere sassy. And so you haunt under a new and ghostly and more sustainable pirate code for the rest of your miserable death. Thanks so much for listening. The Dog is Dead is written by me, Taylor Zablowski, at a table in the public library, recorded under a blanket in the back seat of my car, and edited in a fast food restaurant booth with the nearest power outlet. Let me know what you think by leaving a review or sending me a message at podcastgod on all social medias. Stay tuned, and thanks again.